Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. To Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's got long tails and ears for hats. I'm Alex. When you're walking in the darkness, sometimes you hear a little tune. And what do you do? Follow the tune? Yes, I'm Justin. And we are going to be talking about Season 5, Episode 15, Chapter 91, Return of the Pussycats, the highly, highly anticipated episode that finally brings the Pussycats back together. But not only that brings a number of the uh, person of color cast members to the forefront, gives them center stage, something that was part of a huge discussion that went on over two summers ago. Time has lost all meaning, but it was a while ago. Yeah, Uh, but there was uh, just before we get into even any recap or anything or thoughts about the episode. Of course, I assume most people probably know this, but there was a lot of back and forth, not just in the world, but very specifically in the Riverdale community as well. I believe, if I remember correctly, it started with somebody coming after Ashley Murray on Twitter, Vanessa Morgan coming to her defense, that person deleting their tweet, and then that snowballed into a discussion about... Vanessa Morgan's treatment on the show, other women of color and people of color's treatment on the show, with the very quick response from showrunner Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa saying back, yes, we know, we're going to do better, we're wrong, we apologize, we were already talking to Vanessa about it, and that has already shown up in certain ways, uh, with the time jump in particular, we got a big bump up in terms of what's going on with Tony Topaz and her role on the show, we also had the addition of Aaron Westbrook, as Tabitha Tate on the show. So these are all good things, but this episode is a very big, very important course correction because before Tony and before Tabitha, there was Josie and the Pussycats. And I think everybody, including the people who work on Riverdale, would say they weren't treated right. <laughs> they they just yeah. weren't. You know, we talked about this a lot on the podcast, how Josie, great, the Pussycats, great, never a part of the plot. Yeah, like not at all, right? Well, and I, it feels like the show is sort of built around like, and then we'll have Josie and the Pussycats do a musical number because it fe- it felt like that was sort of the role, and then the fans were like, "We want they, what's up with them? We want to hear about them. <laughs> they seem fun." And it was like, "Oh, well, that's not what we sort of had planned." And then I think they tried a couple of things, and it just was hard to reconcile both. And here in this episode, we get sort of what could have been from the jump, where they are truly front and center. It's like a whole different take on uh on the town of riverdale really 
So we've gone over a little bit of the recap that you need to know already, but the big things you do need to know is Josie McCoy left Riverdale, the town, and the show at the end of season three. She briefly came back at the beginning of season four for the tribute to Fred Andrews and Luke Perry episode. But otherwise, she was off on Katie Keene, which took place approximately five years-ish. Yes, very ish Uh, after high school graduation or after she left, at least while the time jump is seven ish years later. And at this point, when we pick up with her here, she is now a musical superstar in her time in New York. She was working towards that, but never quite got there. There was a different iteration of the Pussycats that she worked with. She had a big two years in that sort of gap. I love that there was a reference, I think, to the, the wonky time in the episode um, someone was like, it's been seven years. And I think Josie was like, yeah, something like that. It's like very uh, coolly being like, let's not to uh, talk about that yeah. right now. No, don't break down the bath, please. No, nobody with the timeline. Yeah. But the other thing that happened to her in New York, that's semi-important to mention, but does it actually play into the episode very heavily is she clashed pretty heavily with a character named Alexandra Cabot, AKA Xandra Cabot, who is the heir to the Cabot fortune. They both tried to be musical superstars at the same time. Xandra ripped off a bunch of her songs as well as the look of the pussycats for her own band. Again, doesn't really come up that much here, but just so you know who that character is, I guess. It doesn't come up, and it's very odd that they brought Xandra into this episode as well, because it was like, oh, Xandra and uh, Josie, of course, are going to have a whole thing. It's like, oh, no, they're not. They're just uh, coincidentally floating along the same And in fact, to the point uh, that towards the edge of the episode, Judge was like, huh, it's really funny that Josie and I never talked. Yeah. Well, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I know they're moving up simply on. I'm just here to speculate on a diner franchise. Yes. Now, just to mention them as well, because they are vitally important to what we kick off with, Valerie and Melody pretty much disappeared halfway through season two. They clashed with Josie. Josie decided she wanted to go her own way as a solo artist. And then I think they've been referred to once, maybe twice since then on both Riverdale and Katie Keene. They literally were just taken off the show. We'll get into more of them in a moment, but they were definitely people that were... Josie's backup, and that was pretty much it, even though it was Melody. No, Mm. uh, Melody, wait, no, Valerie, sorry, Valerie dated Archie, right? Yeah, Val. Yep. Yeah, Val dated Archie. Uh, And even that was a very cute relationship, but we didn't get a whole lot from her back when that happened. The other thing that you probably need to know is that Tabitha has taken over Pops. She mentioned very early in the season her introduction that she was interested in franchising Pops and making it a national chain. Veronica owns Pops. She has run into some financial difficulties thanks to her estranged husband, not quite ex-husband Chad. Future ex Future X, exactly. So she is trying to make up that money somehow. And there's a bunch of other things they touch on this episode, but that's the main thing because it's all about the pussycats. It's all about Tabitha. Oh, the other one is that Tony, very pregnant. Fangs, technically the father, I guess, has confirmed this episode, not Kevin, even though it wasn't clear. Um, Uh, My voice very high. I know. Why are you so nervous about (laughs) that? I don't know. I don't want to get the genetics wrong. Anyway, (laughs) she's very pregnant. She and Cheryl... At last we saw them were very much estranged. They had a big fight. But since then, Cheryl has found a bit of peace through her musical theater ministry and the loving arms of Minerva Marble, who went away to South Africa forever in the last episode. It's crazy. We don't touch on that very simple plot twist uh, in this episode. I think it's okay. I mean, this is jumping very much to the end, but there... If you if you want to order the storylines, you got Josie and the Pussycats first, right? Yep. And then Tabitha and Veronica are very much the B plot. Tony, I assume, because of when she came in and when they were shooting things and how they were putting everything together, very much a C plot to the point that she has one scene where it's like, well, goodbye forever. <laughs> that was your yeah. title of the episode. But she does have the C plot about the pregnancy. And even in this small plot, what I think they do very nicely and very subtly is Cheryl is the support system for Tony in this versus vice versa. So it's that subtle shift of Cheryl being there for Tony and wanting to win Tony back and want to be with Tony versus what has traditionally happened in the past, which is Cheryl's storyline and Tony just orbiting around it. Just happens to be there. While we're talking about this, it's funny. I'm sorry. I'm so uncomfortable. I bought these very small pants. Ever since I've watched this episode, I've been uh, buying 
the series of small pants Tiny that pants. I keep uh, getting into. I like to I keep know. my smart food, cinnamon toast crunch, and Lay's chips in my tiny pants. I don't know about uh, you. Yeah, I uh, 100%. Um, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of joining the Navy, but not the new Navy. Oh, like yeah, something like, a, like an ancient one. A very, yeah, something that has a little experience. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, you, my friend, have been target advertised. What? I no, know. What do you mean? What do you mean? I know. Not, no, not this. They didn't do the, the jeans, the tiny baby jeans. I would love to sit in on a marketing meeting for this season specifically of Riverdale because there have been ridiculous things in the past where they're like, oh, you should use Bubble for this date. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But there, every episode this season has been somebody very blatantly eating something from, I think it's PepsiCo owns Lay's and probably Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I assume, as well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Pepsi also owns Old Navy, but maybe. <laughs> Think about it. Maybe we just got that's the real uh, spoiler for the season is that Pepsi in the real world, Pepsi's about to buy Old Navy. Oh, man. They're going to float on a sea of soda. Let's generally talk about this episode before we walk through the plot points. What do you think, Justin? Was this worth the wait and the anticipation? Uh, it was a it was a fun episode. I liked that we it, it's. I said this, but it's like a whole new show. And honestly, it made me think, is this a whole new show? Is this a spinoff? The way that the plot comes together by the end, I'm like, this is clearly um, setting up something. Whether or not it goes that way, uh, I, I obviously don't know. There hasn't been any announcement that I've seen. But it, it maybe not a series, a full series, but it could be a movie. It could be some kind of standalone thing. So I will mention I interviewed Ashley Murray and I asked her about this and she didn't specifically address like, no, there is going to be no spinoff. She also gave, I mean, granted, this could be like a very typical line for an actor. But when I asked her if she would be up for a spinoff, if fans demanded it, she was like, listen, honestly, I haven't even really thought about it. This is, I've thought about this episode. I wanted to give Josie and the Pussycats and everybody their due. And that's it. And whatever comes next comes next. So to your point, and this is very much the end of the episode to the point that like, we don't even get the Riverdale logo. We get a pussy, a new Pussycats logo. Yeah. It's, I don't know what the goal is there because watching it, I felt like you, I was like, this is a backdoor pilot, right? 100%. But according to her, no, this is just Riverdale being Riverdale and throwing a million things at the end. On the business side, I have to imagine, unless, mind you, there's like Deadline has published an announcement while everybody's listening to this podcast, yeah. what's up, which is entirely possible. My guess is that they did this as like a proof of concept thing, you know? Mm. They, I think it was January, Mark Pedowitz, who's the head of the CW, very casually dropped in an interview that, yeah, Roberto has been thinking about the life of Riverdale and what's next. They've discussed spinoff ideas. And what other spinoff idea are you going to do than Josie and the Pussycats, right? Yeah. Which is, as much as we like Katie Keene, that's what they should have done initially. Uh, yeah, and especially, I think we talked about this a little bit back in our uh, Katie Keen cast days. Um, it was weird to have a spinoff and have Josie in it, but not focus on her. Like, it feels like, why did you get so close to doing it and not doing it? Um, when Josie and the Pussycats, while uh, not is a, they're not a crazy popular thing that people are demanding, it, there's a cult movie that's already been made and out there years ago. Like, they're a known commodity sort of on par with Archie and the gang. So... I could see it hitting, especially if like they really leaned into the music in the same way they did on Katie Keene, but it was just like much more tied into the plot as opposed to something that was just uh, happening alongside. Yeah. And everything that happens, we'll get to the end of the episode, but everybody is like, here is my character arc for the first season or first couple of episodes of the show straight up. Here's our conflict. Here's our the, mystery. The dude that rolled up at the end, it was like, oh, you guys going somewhere interesting? Well, how about a mystery to fold into the mix? It was like, <laughs> what? Foul play? Murder on the road with the band? The, the, the boy, Alan uh, Mayberry, who we don't really see much of, but is a character from the old Josie and the Pussycats cartoon. Yeah. He's like, I'm going and I'm going to love with you, but I, maybe it's not going to work out or some kind of line like that. Yeah, it's like, my girlfriend's going to stay back, but we'll see what happens with that. And Sweet Pea's like, I'm coming too. Yeah, Sweet Pea. And, uh, <laughs> the, of course. Uh, crazy. It was So here's just to game this out a little bit, and then I'm sure we'll talk more about it at the end of the podcast. But 
to game it out if there isn't specifically an announcement right now of surprise Josie the Pussycat spinoff. The only thing that I can imagine is happening is this is to get fans hyped. They're not giving like a backdoor pilot order so that they're creating the expectation of a show. But WB has to sign off on that. CW has to sign off on that. Every Archie Comics, everybody has to sign off of what happened in this episode, I'm sure. Yeah. So potentially it's the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, let's do it and kind of see what happens, you know, rather than you go to a variety and you're like, here's the backdoor pilot. So it raises the expectations and the pressure on that episode. Instead, it just has to deliver as an episode of Riverdale. And then once people see that and they go, Oh man, I got to know more. I got to watch more tweeting hashtag Josie, the pussycats that gets taken back. And then the CW, which has been picking up a bunch of shows, then can bring that more fully into consideration. Again, this is my very outsider guess on this thing, but that's my thought. We're outsiders. We're just yeah. here watching the world go by. You're literally outside. You're sitting I'm in the outside. woods right I'm in, now. The, I'm in the woods, so <laughs> I'm a fully outside. I'm a capital O outsider. So let's kick it off and talk through this episode since so many big things happen here. We kick off not with a Jughead narration, but Melody. <clears throat> out of here, Jones. You're done. You're fired, kid. J- Jughead, by the way. Maybe the most slammed in this episode, like of he all the people a, slammed. He gets full out of heckled later, and he's his job is place. She's a writer also. In your face, Jughead. She's successful. She's optioned her book uh, for a movie, like this with is Tyler Perry that she Tyler turns Perry down. Turns down at the end. Things are looking up for the Pussycats and looking down for one Jughead Jones. Now this is. Uh, I'll tell you what. I think Melody probably a better writer. Just gonna throw that out there. The all signs literally point to her being a better writer, <laughs> both in the way she speaks words, which is writing, and also the fact that she is successful. Yeah. And also the actress who plays Melody, Asher Bromfield, and this is a fun little Easter egg, recently published a YA novel called Hurricane Summer. And in this, she is a YA author who published a book called Summer Storm. So cute little Easter egg there. Yeah. They, there- that's the thing with Riverdale, you know. We there's so much going on all the time, but everything has a, a purposeful little move. These guys mm-hmm. are playing chess and I don't even know. They're playing uh, 2D checkers at the very least. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm sitting here putting checkers in my mouth, not knowing what I'm what's happening. Yeah. Chocolate checkers. Yum, yum. Chocolate checkers. So Valerie is making a toast to Melody. She left law school to publish her first novel. Melody says she found her voice through the book. As you mentioned, Tyler Perry is making a movie and Valerie is playing the lead. And this becomes the initial conflict of the episode. And I really like this here because I felt like the conflict could have been between Melody and Valerie and Josie, and that would have been enough. But giving them each their own individual lives, backstories, interests, Something that happens between them as well as between them and Josie, I thought was really good and very well done. Yeah, I agree. The Pussycats, I mean, this is the most we got to know uh, Val and Melody in the entire series, really. Um, and to actually see them them take the time to build them out as characters and give them an actual story and motivation here, I thought was a smart move. Um both for just this episode and if this does go on to be something else. And also another big move that they have is Melody has a girlfriend, which raises, I can't do the percentage in my head, but what is it? 200%, 150% in terms of number of LGBTQ plus characters on the show. Yeah. So that's pretty cool uh, and fun. And I'm sure people are freaking out about that. We also, as you mentioned, Alan M and Valerie have a little bit, he's very supportive but maybe there's a little bit of a Rocky thing going on there because she doesn't necessarily want to be his fiance yet. And then very uh, similar to Katie Keene. Mm-hmm. Very similar. And then we go over to Riverdale. You're in pops. A song kiss. My hand is playing from Josie. Who's now an international superstar. We find out she disappeared from the middle of her tour in Berlin. We don't know exactly why we find out later, but then I believe it's Josie's music plays when she walks in and I loved the another big move, not big move, little move here, but Tabitha being a fan of Josie. Yes. Very fun. I mean, we find out about a lot of fans of Josie. And one <laughs> later on, it's good. I wish I could have been sitting next to you when you were watching oh this. When Dr. So Curdle hard. Jr. is outs himself as a huge 
Josie fan. Whoo! I just wrote the word Alex in all caps in my notes because I was like, that had to light you up. The, I mean, I love so many things about that just quick shot of Dr. Curl Jr., not least of which was him in regular clothes. Yes. <laughs> just, Very strange. But talking normally, not yeah. holding a dead body or some sort of uh, dead Smiling. body cutting knife. You happy? I'm a big fan. It's yeah. great. So funny. Even more monsters um, love music, love pop music. There you go. Uh, and it's also funny to have those two characters be fans because, of course, everybody likes Josie, but they know Josie. Tabitha never met her, you know? So yeah. even if she knows that Josie McCoy came from Riverdale, she doesn't know her. She's never met her. So, of course, she's going to be a fan. So nice uh, little idea there. Josie says she wants to take a break. And she asks her, what's it like being back into Riverdale? And we get the first big, real big musical number, which is It's yes. All Coming Back to Me Now by Celine Dion. And I will tell you straight up, Justin, I cried. No. Yes, what? <laughs> I did. Well, maybe not like straight, like bawling cry, but I definitely started tearing up at this. Because of the song or because of the Josie? Because I, I thought this was a really well done number. Um, because of the Josie of it all. Like, not because I'm a huge Celine Dion fan. But yeah, obviously great... you are, so that's fine. I'm we huge. can talk about that. Yes. You're the D Dr. Curdle Jr. for Celine Dion. The only part of Titanic I watch is the end credits. Yeah. Best part? So good. Uh, no, the song is great and she crushes it with the song, but it was the idea of hearing Josie singing again wandering through all of these sets and then flashing back through her entire history, it just suddenly crashed down on me. The weight of not just Josie's history over the course of the show, but also, Oh, we're doing this. This is this episode. This is the Josie yeah. and the pussycats episode. We're actually going back and showing this and bringing on things together. And I mention this all the time on our podcast, but this episode was written by Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa and directed by Robin Givens. And what I feel like uh, Roberto does almost better than anything else on the show is summing everything up in such a yeah. economical, beautiful way. And that's on display here. You get everything you need in this montage in an absolutely perfect way. Why? It, it makes a lot of sense to me that you're like... As the man who does the recaps on our podcast every week, that you're like, <laughs> I just started crying when I realized how economically he summed up the backstory of Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> Makes sense. You're you're like emotionally connected to just concise writing. Brevity is the soul of wit. Every time the Riverdale logo comes up, I start crying because I'm like, wow, that was such a nice short intro. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How did they keep it so tight? So great number though. Really, really good. good. A really impressive. And to your point that you're saying, like the amount of information we get out of this is great, but it's also really well done. Like and if this were, I don't know, this is not the more speculation, but treating this episode like the pilot for a TV show, it's an amazing way to recap what Josie's been through, put her in this place and have her also be performing this very theatrical number that was just great to watch and listen to. And then bringing in Melody and Valerie on the verse where it's kind of shooting back about that and about being forgotten. Again, a very, really good, strong way through song of making that happen. I thought it was very cool. Yeah. Then we get a very funny scene where it turns out she's singing, I guess, in her hotel room. And Hiram comes in and she to complain about the noise. And <laughs> I, her line is, damn, Mr. Lodge, nice to know you're still a little bitch. And this I was like, whoa, come on. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm like feeling bad for Hiram, but I was like, yes, OK, get it. This is going to really play into the rest of the episode. And then like, nope, just dragging <laughs> Hiram for no reason. Did they even interact at any point? Like, I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I was like, how do these people, how many confrontations they have? It, that'd be like you hear about your like rich neighbor and you finally meet him. You're like, oh, I guess my little bitch neighbor's over here. It's like, whoa, what do you, we don't even know each other. I also love the idea of getting Mark Consuelos, who's not like a small dude. He's jacked and large, but uh, next to the tallest bellhop possible. So he looks yeah. tidy and petty yeah. there. Very funny. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was wild. So then we go over to the B-plot here with Veronica at Pops. Tabitha 
Um, uh, one last quick call oh, out yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, she's checked into the hotel as Miss Newmar, a reference to Julie Newmar, the original Catwoman. There you go. Very secretive. <laughs> Nobody yeah. would have caught on. No one put, put that together. <laughs> so you, you yeah. rarely hear celebrities registering for hotels under other celebrity names. <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't usually work super well. Tom Cruise always does uh, Will Ferrell. He always registers as Will Ferrell or whatever you guys. Very I secret. can't tell those guys apart. Same skill set, same Basically. look. Which one is in the Mission Impossible series? It's Feral, right? I think it's Feral. That's okay. the, in Mission Impossible. That's the like fun one where he um, he like tells the news to people and he messes it up. No, no, no. You're thinking of the one where he's a big elf. That's Mission Impossible. Oh, that's it. The because imagine one. working for Santa Claus would be a Mission Impossible. Very hard. All of those presents in one night. How does he do it? Exactly. Anyway, Veronica is at Pops. Tabitha uh, was inspired by Josie, but doesn't mention her, which is very funny and weird. Uh, But it explains that she wants to franchise Pops. Um, Veronica explains she can't do anything because of Chad, uh, but they start to figure out a germ of an idea here, or at least start to think around it. Then we go to another fun reunion. And I love how Josie just got paraded around to everybody and got this individual time. Here we get with Kevin. Uh, in case anybody forgot, they are stepbrother and stepsister. So that's going yep, on. Let's not forget that. <laughs> yep. The show certainly does a lot of times. Uh, but brings her over to Mr. Weatherby, who doesn't mention anything about his missing fingers, but is very happy to see her. And Josie wants to use the music room. She says she's come back because she wants to write a song inspired by her hometown. And the deal is she needs to teach a music class. And so she agrees to that, which is a very nice way of getting her in the school. Weatherby is so psyched. Yeah. Unbelievable. The only good student he's ever worked with. He hates the rest of them. Yeah. Just Weatherby, like they built, have built spent so much time building him up as this like very stern. And then he's like, Josie! Like so <laughs> happy to see her. It was just such a fun turnabout. So then Smithers calls Veronica. Zandra Cabot is there. She shows up. She made investments with Chad and she wants her back. Now, this is another thing that we should mention here that's weird about this. And the show gets over it very quickly. But in terms of Katie Keene characters, we've already established both on Katie Keene and on Riverdale that Veronica is really good friends with Katie Keene. Yes. The character who also hates Zandra. So it's weird that Zandra and Veronica know each other and seem to be like maybe friends or acquaintances and then nothing comes up there again. I'm sure it's expediency, but it was still weird. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, the mechanic of that was a little weird. I mean, I I think I'm fine once I got past the idea that, oh, it's weird that that both of them are in this episode. I like Zandra as a a character. Like she's so careless and reckless and mean while also being like, I don't give a shit about this um so i think she's a fun energy here yeah i was happy to have her there i think it helps again just bringing forward some of the uh, women of color in the archieverse and i think it probably also helped that she was probably in vancouver because she's on the all-american spinoff so she probably already quarantined the appropriate amount of time look so at you bring her in that way too look at you But whatever it is, Veronica tries to sell her on franchising Pops. She's not 100% sold on it. Uh, Then we go over to a great moment. Mm. Archie hears some singing down the hallway, knows instantly it's Josie, and she's with the music class. She says, Archie Andrews, and they hug, and all of those Archosy feelings came right back to me. I don't know about you. Yes, I had so many, so much, spent so much time really shipping Archosy. I like them. I thought they were a great ship. Uh, they brought out the best in each other and seeing Archie smile and happy to see Josie there, seeing Josie happy to see him. It was great. It was, it was a nice reminder. It was they, nice. But just like the relationship with Val, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, this is destined to not be a yeah. final relationship. So with those it's always like oh i can just see the ticker over their heads just being like counting down slowly to when this relationship uh sort of runs its course totally and i think that was right before she was leaving for katie key 100 so we, we all knew yeah. what was happening here but I, I do say they are sweet with each other and i thought it was a nice a nice moment i agree and archie invites her over to the white worm josie calls melody and valerie very quickly is this the scene i didn't note it down where they freak out about her calling i think Yes, they're like one of them sees her and misses the call and the other picks it up. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's just fun phone tag there. 
fun phone tag. Then we go over to the white worm, but the whole gag is here. Very funny cut in line from Archie, where he says, we even made the sexy fighter fighters calendar for the sca- station. But anyway, enough about me. Yeah. Uh, which I, I love the idea that he went off for probably, what, five hours talking about everything that's happened in Riverdale in the intervening time. This whole scene was so funny, like just the idea of them recapping. Um, I wanted, Josie's like, all this stuff was crazy. And Betty should have said like, oh, well, that was a lot of, that was so many seasons ago. So you don't have to worry about it. Um, day, weeks, years, like we just, it's just a wash of of how crazy this show is. Uh, and the, we could get away with them actually referencing that they're in a new season now. Yeah. And Josie then lays everything out for everybody in a really, really sharp way that is totally worthwhile, but very hard to watch when they talk about old times and she shuts everyone down, explains, no, they're not friends to Betty. She says, we have spoken all of one time. And when Cheryl initially in the show, if you remember all the way back, Cheryl and Josie were best friends and then never really talked again. And I had completely forgotten about that. She calls out that Cheryl sent her a pig's heart. At yes. one point. <laughs> right. And Cheryl's like, oh, right. Yeah, I guess I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, and not to bring up this interview again, but talking to Ashley Murray about it, apparently that was really hard to film this scene because it was getting to the heart of a lot of the things that they talked about, the sort of hard feelings about with her character. And she likes everybody in the cast and likes everybody on the set and grew up with them, et cetera, et cetera. But laying it all out like that apparently was a very rough scene to do. Oh, wow. That's that's tough. That's cool. Uh, So then Josie exits. He's sweet pea on his sweet hog. It is on. It It is on. on. You once you see that sweet, sweet, sweet pea, you cannot resist that sweet pea. Mm -hmm. What did you think about this? Because they this is another thing, a relationship that like they kissed by the pool in the season three premiere. And then there was that scene where Josie came to sweet pea's tent and was like, I can't do this anymore. And I think that was it. So did this give you the closure you wanted? Yes, finally. I was like, oh, cl- of course. If someone was like, who is Josie's um, best relationship in the cast? I would, of course, have said Sweet Pea. And I would have also said they belong together. Sweet Pea should go on the road and solve her father's murder. with. Her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, definitely. But still, I liked it because Jordan Fun Cotter scene. is very nice. Yeah. And they honestly had, I think, more chemistry and got more to do in this than any other scene that we've seen previously with them together. So that was oh, nice. Yeah, uh, they fully got it on. We get her sneaking out of the hotel room the next day. It's it's uh, it felt very real, like a real relationship. And this is what she needed. She needed a sweet pea bang to get back on her uh, old music horse and yep. figure out her problems, you know? Yep, that's how I get inspired, is I have sex with the sweet pea in my life. Uh, Valerie and Melody meet Josie at the White Worm. They catch up. She explains that she wants to write about Riverdale. Do they perform anymore? And they're like, do we perform? This is wild also. I love this. Everything's a little edgy. You got your, uh, all the cat metaphors you want to say. Claws out, tails up, arched backs. Everyone's getting ready to fight. And it ends in a dance-off. And then they go back, talk to Josie about her disappearing. Um, She explains about her ditching them. uh, And they shoot back at her that that's the same thing her dad did to her. So they were always very surprised and hurt by it. So it's a tense scene, though, as we know, it's going to work out later. Uh, Veronica introduces Tabitha and Zandra, sells her on pop. Zandra loves it, but wants some tweaks. Tweaks. You can't tweak pops. And she says she's always liked a singing diner, which is a weird thing for Zandra. I feel like Zandra does not like a singing diner, to be honest. I 100% agree. Now, who likes a singing diner? I don't like a singing diner. No, if I'm, I'm just, at any restaurant, just leave me alone. It's like if you went to see a Broadway show and they were like, um, hey, can I? do you want a hamburger and some fries and a, a milkshake? It'd be like, I'm sort of busy watching this musical right now. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite of a diner where everyone's like, so here's the ketchup. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. Let's just relax. I just want to have this little uh, cheap meal with my friends. It's 3 a.m. I'm very tired. Please yeah, I've stop driven for eight me. hours. I have eight more hours to go. I'm running from the law. Get your, get your number. Get your song out of here. I don't need to hear. Um, Welcome <laughs> and bienvenue. Anyway, at this point, this is all just a tee up. This is completely just there so that Tony, Tabitha, and Zadra could do a, a number with each other. And I'll tell you what. When this started, 
I lost my vibe. Oh, do tell. Um, <laughs> I was very surprised to see Tony just like just show up out of nowhere, <laughs> still very pregnant. I was, like, I was like, wait, what? Is this on purpose? Or did she wander through the set and just start dancing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so Little Shop of Horrors is my favorite musical of all time. Oh, my God. I love Little. I have seen so many productions of Little Shop of Horrors. I directed Little Shop of Horrors in college. I've watched the movie innumerable times and listened to the soundtrack. I previously have been like little shop of ours would be a good fun fit for Riverdale, but never thought they'd do it. And when they hit those first chords, when they went done, dun, I was like, no, what? No. Uh, Are they doing it? Are they doing it? Tingles, tingles all over my body. I had a great time, Justin. I was Um, so happy. It's funny you say that. Uh, My wife is an actor and she's auditioning for um, a, uh, for a little shop of horror production. Um, Like literally this weekend, she was sending her tape in. And um, so I was going look, reading through the sides. I was like, I can't believe this is a real musical. It's so weird. It's very weird. (laughs) It's crazy. And this is like a much loved by uh, present company here. A musical. Uh, It's such a funny thing to me. I love it. It's just uh, not to get too into Little Shop of Horrors, but it's dark. It's funny. The musical numbers are great. What was she trying out for? Audrey, I assume? Yes. Yeah. All right. That tracks. Anyway, they do Little Shop of Horrors for no other reason other than to have them do Little Shop of Horrors, but it's fantastic. They have bloody, gross shakes. I loved Veronica in the background being like, yay! And Kevin in the corner booth just being like, this is fun. I love it here. So fun. And then Tony does a quick uh, Old Navy ad. Uh, very weird. Yeah. This was the point. I know I mentioned this earlier, but this is the point where I was like, is that it? Is that yeah. all she's doing in the episode? <laughs> what is she's going on? She's just popping in for a little commercial, um, getting that. Uh, she, I feel like she owed money to the Old Navy mob or something. She uh, became addicted to performance fleeces and to pay back. She had to do this ad in the middle of the episode. Do you think there was somebody else they had to have in there? Because there's that quick line. I think it's from Zandra or Tabitha. I honestly don't remember. Who's like, oh, Tony, thanks for learning the choreography so quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where that felt like Vanessa Morgan. Thank you for jumping into this number or something. And but I love, love the way that the, the rest of her storyline unfolds. It's just yeah. for this to be the beginning of it. I was like. Oh, okay. <laughs> Felt a little weird. <laughs> we haven't seen you in months a at long this time. point. Yeah. So Zandra says, this is great. Let's do it. I just want to see your finances for the last 20 years. And Veronica mm. and Tabitha are like, yikes. yikes. And then we go back to Josie's storyline. Sierra McCoy, also the director of the episode, is there. But she figured out that she was Julie Newmar, looked through all the clues, and then we find out what really happened, which was Josie was about to go on stage in Berlin and got a call from Sierra that her dad had suddenly died, and she had to go on stage and said she walked away and came to Riverdale. Gut-wrenching scene. It was. It was like- Oh, my God. Really went for it. First first off, you get this huge urn drop at the top of the scene, which I was like, oh, this is intense already. And then the way they talk about it is like, they get after it. Yeah. Um, and she says, I thought I could disappear here just like in high school, which is like a knife twisting line, I thought. Yeah. But so nicely done. And we get the note that her dad wants wanted his ashes scattered all over the country. Um, there's a bunch of old songs of his that are left for Josie. I was kind of surprised at the end that they didn't sing one of those old songs from the dad. I, me too. But I also think uh, this is such a great runner for a future mm-hmm. series or a series of episodes about Josie where like she's each episode, we get a new song from her dad's songbook or whatever. And it's, we're sort of building that out over the course of it. Very fun. Or their musical clues to the mystery and they unlock tombs and things, you know, yeah, plays a song. Uh, yeah. The bl- <laughs> I've got the being murdered by this other guy in a hat. Oh, you think Toots Sweet did it? No, I don't know. (laughs) Well, your father died not of natural causes. It was me. See you later. Save it for the series. Yeah. So uh, Melody wants to do right by Valerie. We go back to them. Tells her it won't be a movie. Tyler probably wants a star. Uh, Melody told him 
No, unless it stars Valerie. So we get a little wrap up of that. They're together no matter what, uh, which is nice and ties into the whole Josie of it all in terms of ditching them. Then we go to Xandra who digs for the books and we get the another really surprisingly deep revelation about the history of Riverdale here, where she says, why don't we use dehydrated milk? And Tabitha refuses, says, no, I'm not going to change the recipe because originally all Pops did was sell milkshakes and it was a safe place for black people to be in town back in the 40s and 50s. Um, so I love that note. Like, I yeah. love just adding that and it gave it surprising depth to the storyline. And I think what Riverdale does is they find their depth quickly. Like when she was like, I want to use dehydrated milk or instant milk or whatever she said. I was like, that's a crazy idea. And then they just that would be very gross. I, can you imagine yeah. like where what milkshake <laughs> place would ever use that? I don't know. Ice but, cream's not that expensive. No, it's, neither. I mean, milk is a little expensive, but sure. you, you don't need that much. Anyway, um, to go from something like that, that I was like, oh, that's weird. And then it's like just cuts right into this very real, very like interesting, like bit or his, historical fact about pops. I thought was really, really great. Really well done. Yeah. Really good stuff there. Uh, then because of that, Xandra wants to pull out her money. She has to wait until tomorrow because the banks are closed. Will it work out? I guess we'll have to stay tuned and find out. Then we go over to Juicy in the music room. Valerie and Melody come to talk to her about her dad. Um, Josie talks about wanting to play with her dad one more time and the Pussycats one more time. She says she wants to do a concert. And so they talk to Archie and Archie's like, yes, the thing that will save Riverdale is a very small, intimate concert in a bar where everybody spends every night anyway. <laughs> it's crazy enough to work yep i mean very very archy comics of it all like yes of yeah. course it will work of course it shouldn't work if there's no reason it should work but sure that's fine how much do they charge for tickets do you think uh five. seven thousand dollars so it was expensive <laughs> to get in that's why it was so intimate they only right. needed to sell eight tickets to save the town yeah uh so it worked out perfectly dr Curdle was like was i'll just, take all eight yeah <laughs> I'm this is how I talk. I'm not trying to be creepy. I'm a fan. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the line is if that doesn't save Riverdale, nothing will. And then we go finally go over to the concert. It's a big concert. We finally get the Josie and the Pussycats theme song, I think, for the first yeah. time in the history yes, of the show. I think so too. And it was great. The Very whole fun. commitment to the, the Josie and the Pussycats original sort of vibe, I thought was a really fun thing to do here. And great. I loved this whole sequence of just everybody loving the concert and having a good time. We get yeah. to see that so rarely on the show, not just everybody happy, but everybody together and happy. The last time I can think of was in the Hedwig episode when Kevin was giving the concert in the music room and everybody yeah. was loving it. The same sort of thing. It's just, it's enjoyable watching everybody together like that because there's so much murder and weirdness all the time. Yeah. Um, so we yes. get the total burn on Jughead here. Um, Josie's just listing venues that she's performing in and she just digs <laughs> even Jughead Jones. Oof. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he toasts a milkshake. Now, not to get too into ships here, but I will okay. just mention because it just touches on it a little bit. He's sitting pretty close to Tabitha, but also next to Betty, right? Is there anything we should read from that or is that just where people are sitting? I think the the real indicator here is someone was like, where should we put Jughead? How about right there in the frame, in the shot, right there? <laughs> and then they were like, perfect. We have to keep shooting this show right now. Yeah, come on. We uh, don't have a lot of time. This is a musical episode. This is the last thing we're shooting for the season. We got to wrap this up. But let me say, Alex, if you want to measure, if you want to get a freeze frame and measure in uh, millimeters the distance between the two, I think that may also indicate where we're headed. That would be great. In all seriousness, though, I did really appreciate that all ships were put to the side so that the focus could be on Josie the Pussycats, Tabitha, oh, Veronica, Tony in a certain aspect as well. Um, and like I said earlier, J Cheryl mostly just being there in a support role for Tony's storyline, I thought was great. Yeah, sort of everything was put on hold across the whole season and we were able to just have, be with the characters and let me say i like that for this episode i also like that as like taking a little breather from all the wild shit that we're dealing with in the yes. rest of the uh, the series series right now it was really nice to have a little break on that and just see everybody hanging out in a nice uh, mostly nice way totally and then we get another very heartbreaking number as josie does nina simone stars for her father 
I thought yeah. the thing that really got me was the shot of Robin Givens in the crowd when they cut to her. That was so sad because she was yeah. barely holding it together. It's good. Good song. Good emotional choices here. Uh, she briefly sees a vision of her dad, and then the song causes Tony to go into labor. <laughs> another great as doctor. songs do, as songs do. Another amazing moment, as they say, "Is there a doctor here?" And they cut to Doctor Curl, and he says, <laughs> "I'm a doctor." <laughs> I was like, and then they don't go with him. They go no! with Figs and Cheryl. Figs like, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm on the serpents, so. Yeah, so I've seen some shit, and I believe that. But the fact that Doctor Curdle—I mean, who knows? Doctor might be his first name for all we know. Yes. it's not. Might not be a title. So it's like he just is named that. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was again such another funny moment that they did that they just keep it fun. Yeah, and we do not to keep harping on this, but on the slow trade back to Shodi, Cheryl does not even hesitate for a second when they ask for help. She immediately jumps up and says, "I'll help." So I think another just nice little note there that what we're getting with this ship is Cheryl has turned a corner and now she is going to be there to try to win Tony back and support Tony as much as possible. Though it'll be an interesting wrinkle now that it seems like Fangs and Tony are getting closer because of the baby. So we'll have to see what happens there. Indeed. Uh, Then Sandra, of course, decides to invest in Pops because Josie, a superstar, is attached. She thinks that's great. And then we get all of these insane, wild setup for a spinoff series things that happen one after another in, I think, five minutes total, something like that. Very, it was breathtaking what was happening. Josie wants to go on tour with them as the Postycats. Uh, Valerie talks about dating Alan, but she's in. Melody needs to talk to Nancy, her girlfriend, but decides it's also going to be a book tour at the same time. Smart. Not how that works, but all right. Um, And then we find out it's a boy... And the boy's name is Anthony. <laughs> this is just intentionally confusing. Yeah. And I, I get that it's like a slightly different name, but it's like you can't sure. have two people named Tony in the same very small family. What's going to happen when Fang says, hey, Tony, could you come help with this? And the baby comes over instead of Tony Topaz. Exactly. Um, Tony, could you r- drive to the store and pick up milk? And the baby's all of a sudden behind the wheel of a car. That's not going to work. That baby's going to get in trouble. It's, that baby's headed for trouble. Yeah. Plus, that baby is not a real baby. So that's a problem you know, all in of itself. A hundred percent. That's a baby doll. It's a baby doll. I, they have to deal with the fact that she gave birth to a, a doll. That's going to be something they should definitely talk about. Yes. And not out of the realm of possibility in Riverdale. Maybe no, that doll, we, we could ship that doll with a Jason murder doll. Oh, yeah. Lots I'd love to doll. see them together. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> uh, Tony and murder doll. Turter. Turter. So doll. Josie has somehow made a pussycat's bus appear in, I think, uh, less than a day. Which you know, you wrapping those buses is actually a very easy process. Oh, okay, great. You just have to pay for the plastic. Uh, and then we get the, this is a very old reference, but it's very much like, uh, do you remember when the critic came to the Simpsons, that episode? Yes, yes, yes. And at the end of the episode, he's like, hey, maybe you guys can come visit my show sometime. And Bart says, I don't think we're going to do that. Yeah, very That was straight up exactly what happens here, except obviously the opposite. But he's like, hey, you guys should come out and see me on tour sometime. And they're like, we will, 100%. Can we get backstage passes? I'd love to be there and make it guest appearance on your pussycat spinoff show crazy crazy uh alan says he's in it for the long haul melody is not bringing nance with her sweet pea comes as we mentioned earlier he wants to come on the road hops on the bus and then we get toot sweet shows up and lays out all the information he was a musician that toured with josie's dad her father didn't die of natural causes he was murdered uh, maybe there's voodoo involved in I, love, I mean again in a in a a, a Sunday covered with every piece of candy you could ever think of. When V threw out and he was into voodoo, I was like, come on, dude. You do not need to say that right now. Wild. Where Wild. did you come from also? Like, where were you the rest of the episode, Toot Sweet? Your timing is impeccable also. We're just about to get on this bus and head back down to where you just were. Another insane tossed off thing was Sierra getting on the bus, I think, because she's yeah. got other things to do. I have to imagine, including Definitely. her husband still is yeah, in Riverdale as far as we so. know. Yeah. <laughs> but nope, she's there too. And then we see the Pussycats on the bus drinking champagne. They talk about Magical Musical Mysteries Unknown, which I believe is from the Josie and the Pussycats animated show, if I remember correctly. Right. Yes, yes, I think you're right. And then we get the Pussycats logo at the end, and that's it for the episode. Uh, great. Super great. fun. 
I love this episode. Very, I agree. Very fun episode. Uh, again, a nice breath of fresh air uh, in relation to all of the sort of trauma-based, uh, heavier things we're dealing with right now in the rest of the show. Um, and uh, just a fun romp with a lot of just the right amount of ridiculous things happening. And I'd, we touched on this earlier, but I hope there is a spinoff. It almost feels like a no-brainer with everything that they've set up, having it be serialized with the dad's murder so that they can figure it out. They can go of these weird Scooby-Doo-esque mysteries potentially and yeah. solve them, do musical stuff. You've got the relationship stuff going on as well. I don't know if it'll work out schedule wise because it really, really feels like Ashley Murray kind of wants to move on at this point is my suspicion. Right. So there might be that uh, and also probably not go through, not that I know her very well or anything, but probably not go through the process of like, doing another show on the CW that maybe gets canceled after one season. That's another spinoff of Riverdale. I could see not wanting to do that. Um, certainly Asha Bromfield and Hallie Law have a lot of things going on in their careers as well. So maybe it won't work out, but you know, maybe they could do like a mini series or something, you know, do like a six episode or 10 episode thing. I think that would be fun. That's what I'm saying. Like all options are sort of on the table. So like, why not? Totally. It would be great. Before we wrap up here, who is the MVP of the episode, Justin? Uh, great. Thanks for going to me first. Um, I got to <laughs> give it up to, um, I mean, it's got to be Josie. This jo yeah. episode was just Josie, if nothing else, for her call out of Hiram being a little bitch. This was a Josie episode all day or day. Yeah, I'll just to be a little different. I'll give it to Josie and the Pussycats which I know is a little bit of a cheat just because I felt like they did such a good job of making sure, yes, it was a Josie centric episode. Josie got her due, but the pussycats did as well. And I thought that was great. Agreed. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. After Josie's P Pussycat Tour. Nailed it. Thank you.